0: Yo guys, what is good? It is a happy Memorial Day weekend to all of you guys. We are back. The gang is back together. We got Mr. Tommy Matej to the left of me, and on the bottom is the one and only the GOAT, as all the Twitch twins streamers call him, Mr. Virgil Vasquez. Virgil, happy Memorial Day weekend, brother. How are you, man?
1: Good good how you guys doing? weekend good to be here beautiful day outside our day yeah, is man. over in <laughs> yeah
2: our, our day
1: how you doing
0: bro. Tommy what was that he said how, how you, you doing?
2: doing oh man i'm living the dream dude like i got off that eight to seven shift bro like i, I cranked out some notes i'm ready to go it's like about to like tornado outside so like hopefully this <laughs> building doesn't blow away but other than
0: that i'm ready to go man i'm stoked this is gonna be fun yeah man this is gonna be a good show i'm excited This should be fun we got a packed house for you guys today we're gonna have gavin wallace so another interview this week so it should be pretty fun and we're gonna have be talking about the uh first topic on the show today which is the team facilities reopening up and looks like virgil is frozen at the bottom of our screen um with him just smiling, so I guess we get to see his beautiful face for a few. Um, yeah,
2: those pearly whites, man. I yeah, mean, those that's pearly whites. Like, if you have to get frozen in any still image, like that's it right there. Just the perfect pose. He's not blurred out. He's in focus, and he's smiling. It doesn't get oh. better than that.
0: All right, he's back. He's back. Virgil's back. Okay, there he is. We were. Humble we were. Stuff. Virgil, we thought you were uh, trying out for like your modeling career afterwards. I mean, you are in. You you are in a, a great city to do it. So you were yeah, frozen. You were, you were, for you were frozen for a photo. bit. So you had your your you were just smiling. So we were like, oh, you're you're posing for your cover photo today.
1: Yeah, that's that's it. Yep. yep. <laughs>
0: Spoil- rid- spoiler guys, if <laughs> Virgil's if Virgil's pitching coaching career doesn't work out, he's got modeling to work on this uh, off season. Uh, no, he's guys. ready for his blood, Me, so. all right. <laughs> uh man, yeah, Me and strange. my
1: McDonald's Wi-Fi over here, <laughs> a little dusty. Dusty.
0: It's okay. We'll 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 get we'll get rolling here. But we got a lot to talk about here today, and got a lot to get through here in a very short amount of time. But obviously, the first thing again we were talking about is the MLB. Uh, or at least some of the MLB teams have decided they're going to reopen their facilities. I think so far from what I saw, the Rays open TROP to voluntary workouts as well as the Marlins, they open up their spring training facilities as well. Very big news. I mean, this is a good, uh good sign in the world of major league baseball, you know, heading in the right direction. Uh, so it, it's definitely a, a cool thing to see that we have to, these facilities open that players can be able to go work out. And again, voluntary so obviously they don't have as many players coming in if players don't want to come in because they don't want to get the virus that's going on right now um, they, they can stay at home but obviously if there are players that would like to practice which I think is a good thing I think you know there is a way where you could keep safe you could keep your distance at the uh, ballpark and such and uh, still be able to get your work in and still be able to use their equipment that possibly is better than what some of the players probably are using right now Uh, Tommy, you can go first on this. Yeah, the
1: the. the, Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, we can hear you. Headers, the Wi-Fi. (laughs) All right, yeah, the Marlins, the Yankees, Diamondbacks, Rays, Cardinals, and it looks like the Mariners are some of the teams that have opened. Uh, It's pretty cool, you know. uh, Optional uh, workouts to have a facility to go throw bullpens. I know that's one of the things that guys struggle with right. now you know, a place to go, um, not get kicked off of a field and have uh, some type of either end trainer or catcher to throw to as a pitcher. And then maybe a cage as a hitter. Um, and some velo is another thing that has been uh, tough for hitters. But yeah, it's a great thing, you know, it's, it's a direction to see that baseball is opening back up.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it's, I kind of have a question for you, Virgil, because you know, you mentioned the cages and the bullpens for the pitchers and everything. And obviously there's still weight rooms and stuff in those facilities as well. And with all of that, like as a whole, there's like a familiarity these a lot of these players have with these organizations and their facilities that's kind of comfortable and gets players kind of in the right mindset. And this whole thing could have kind of deterred that whole thing, derailed that. And so they're like doing their own like mock workouts at home. Is this kind of a step forward to getting back to like a familiar routine that's gonna
1: get these players back in baseball shape quote unquote yeah 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 i would say some guys that has a lot more creativity because they're on their own and there's not like the coach i wouldn't say the coach hinders them but like you know now they're on their own so they're just trying to think talking to other pros Um, guys, you know, do better under, like you said, the environment. So now they're, they're, they're going to get in better games because they work better when there's some structure. Um, you know, so there's, there's different guys, but I think across the board, it's going to really help. A lot of guys have that open. And like you said, get in game shape you know, happens when you get in game shape, you play games. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Something
2: that still hasn't been determined yet. We all talked right. a little bit about that last week of the I know. proposition, and nobody's agreed to
0: it yet. Tommy, you're not getting any love on this, man. It's it's brutal for you, man. Dude, I want <laughs> baseball
2: back so bad. I know Virgil wants baseball back. We all want baseball back. <laughs> like, why can't these guys just take the pay cut for the year and just go play ball?
0: <laughs> just go play ball. <laughs> no, yeah, it's um, it's July crazy dream
1: about it dream about july 4th July Fourth. <laughs> just yeah. dream about it
0: if 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 listen if we don't we'll just us three we'll like organize our own baseball league we'll just get all the minor league guys to get together and we'll just have like our own organized baseball league we'll like make our own we'll have our own league have our own presidents we'll be like the we'll have like the best jerry jones in the league you know we'll have like it'll be great we'll have like our own league and stuff it'll be fantastic so but uh no it's yeah that'd
1: be easy that'd be really <laughs>
0: No, but uh, it's – I'm excited, man. I hope – I really do hope that we can get back into baseball at some point. I mean, I obviously know it won't be normal, but, uh, I mean, even if we could just see a game of some sort and not watch Korean baseball or, you know, Japanese or whatever, and don't get me wrong, it's not bad. It's just – I don't know. I would want I want to see regular major league guys. It's guys not the players you
2: are. that we're used to seeing. It's not the players that we love to watch. And yeah. it's not a knock on Korean baseball or Japanese baseball. No. We're just not familiar with players. If we've been watching the players for the last ten years, we would love to watch it. But we just haven't had an opportunity to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh it's crazy. And I actually have a question for both of you guys. Do you think with you know them opening up with them opening up the facilities and with opening up stadiums and such, do you think this would benefit more so on the side of the minor league guys, you know, being able to have this opportunity to voluntarily work out, be able to go to the facilities and work, or do you think this will more affect the major league guys? Which do you think it would be more, have an effect on for them? Hmm. I mean,
2: mean, I'm pretty sure Virgil has a better understanding of this, but I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Um, I would think it benefits the major league guys more because I, I think it only applies to people on the forty-man roster. Like I don't think a guy in rookie ball can just head over to Yankee Stadium or I guess in this case it would be George Steinbrenner Field and just do workouts there. I don't think that's really the case. I could be mistaken. I mean, am I Virgil? Uh,
1: no. That's what the articles have been saying. Actually, that. You know, it's kind of a forty-man roster that are allowed to go. So um, it's a good question. I was more digging, I guess, to see, find exactly who would be allowed to go work out. You know, but the facilities. I know they're restricting in the agreement they sent over. They're restricting fifty players to work out um, if they start a spring training. Um, so you know, if that's all they're allowing, I probably they probably know the whole. The, the facility to all the minor leaguers as well but um there's some artists it was three days ago it says the 40 man allowed um uh, yeah we'll just have to do a little more have you heard anything about that um dylan
0: uh no, I haven't really much on that portion of it whether if it's like 40 man or if it's just anybody like the minor league guys and the major league guys whether you're 40 man or not. I'm not I'm not too sure honestly. I haven't really looked into it. I just know the teams that have been accepted as you said earlier the the Mariners, the Cardinals, teams like that. Um I know those guys I know about that, but I don't know much about how the how and who they're admitting into the stadiums and such because I bet there are guys who just don't want to be around the stadiums, just due to the fact they don't want to get the virus and possibly give it to other family members. Maybe if they have like a family member who's got a high susceptibility rate to get the virus and possibly die from it. I mean, they might not want to go around and be around places and such as much, but uh, I'm not too sure how the rosters are. I guess we'll see as time progresses and see who actually shows up that. And that's a nice thing too, is, you know, there's, cameramen still at the stadium like around the stadium still able to get shots i mean i don't know if you guys saw for uh nfl the buccaneers they had a practice and they had a guy taking pictures of tom brady practicing and stuff so we might get to see like even though it's from maybe the outside we might get to see who's actually at these facilities to see maybe if it's just majorly guys just minorly guys 40 man roster guys and we'll kind of get a better idea of it but for right now i have no idea yet on how the uh rosters are with it so far so
1: how about, I'm talking about reopening State, Pensacola. They opened up their t- stadium and they, they're seeing it on Airbnb for $1,500 a night. And you get to use the clubhouses, all the amenities. They have a bedroom with 10 beds in it. And you get to use the cages, the field.
0: You That eat. sounds
2: like a glass. Like, I wish I had $1,500 a night to just blow, because I would. Because that sounds like the best vacation, the best, like, I I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what you would call that. Whatever that is, I want it. I want more of that. Like, that's what baseball needs to do more of. (laughs) In the offseason, you get to stay at Fenway Park, sleep in the clubhouse, hit in the cages. Like, we need more of that in baseball. That's a great idea.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, whatever. 18 of your buddy. What do you say, Virgil? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there.
1: All right, no, no, I love to do, but no, I interrupt you. I was saying, you get 18 of your buddies together to go play us two teams. You right. know, the utilities. That's only like, 80 bucks a guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely.
2: Tommy, I mean, Tommy, you gotta, like, you got, a, you you got, got enough. Whole squad of that. There and it's, it's, it's perfect.
0: Tommy, you got enough guys. We can uh, get together and pitch in 80 bucks. <laughs>
2: I'm sure I could uh, scrap some guys together and get right. a nine man squad going. I think well, I could get something
0: going there. Well, I'm a I'm a senior this year in high school. I just graduated, so um... But we'll, you know, this will be my senior graduation present. We'll all go together and we'll just have fun down in Pensacola. And another thing is, too, for the Florida State League is uh, with Jackie Robinson Ballpark, they just reopened their stadium. They did movie night. And what they did was they were playing the 42 movie, uh, the Jackie Robinson movie, which, by the way, if you guys have never watched it, incredible movie. I would really recommend you guys watching that 42 movie. It is a very, very good movie. But um. Yeah, it's really it, it's really cool how they did it. They had like people you like buy a spot on the lawn, and then you play out your uh, mats and such. It was really cool and really well done. And you get to watch it on like the scoreboard. And it's a historic stadium. I mean, it's such a cool stadium, Jackie Robinson Ballpark. Jackie Robinson got to play in that stadium when he was playing and such. And it really hasn't changed that much at all since he was there. So it's it's definitely a really cool, unique stadium, and probably something that was really neat for all the people who in Daytona and even the Daytona Tortugas fans, you know, without baseball right now, this is something where you could still go out to the ballpark. It might not be in the way you wanted where you're going to go watch a baseball game, but you get to go and experience the ballpark atmosphere, be right outside the water. I mean, the stadium is literally right near like the water and, uh, just enjoy a family fun time watching the 42 movie, which is a very good movie and a place that Jackie got to play in. So for those of you who
2: don't know, Chadwick Boseman plays Jackie Robinson, otherwise known as the Black Panther. So all you Black Panther fans and Marvel fans,
0: you already have an in right there. You have a
2: a great reason to watch the movie if you haven't seen it
0: before. Yeah, also if you're an NFL fan too, Chadwick Boseman also played uh, Vontae Mack and he was like the number one pick. He was like part of what the movie revolved in in draft day. So if you're also a NFL fan, want to go watch draft day that he was like the number one pick. So Chadwick Boseman, I tell you what you, you watch back old movies and you don't realize the movies that he was in. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a crazy time, but I, it's cool. I think that they're doing this, the B stuff, man. I think that's awesome. I would love to rent a B&B. If Anybody has money, anybody want to donate money to the Dylan BNB, uh, charity we will happily accept no i'm just kidding you could go <laughs> donate that to people that would our... go fund me yeah right go fund me <laughs> all right so let's get into the uh last portion of the show today but this will be our long portion of the show today we have a very special guest today we have former Bradenton marauder and former pittsburgh pirates minor league pitcher he just recently retired this past season and he is now a retired baseball player uh, Which I don't know what he's doing now But we'll get to know about that here in just a minute We have Mr. Gavin Wallace On the show and we're going to admit him Into the Zoom right now And we got Gavin On the show we'll Let him connect What's up fellas? What's up Gavin? What's up, Gavin? How are you? Hey,
3: welcome Gavin, welcome, welcome What's Gavin? Going on? How's everything going?
0: Welcome to the show man
3: Can you guys hear me alright? Yeah we can hear you perfectly yeah.
0: So, Gavin, I'll, I'll introduce you to the crew here, as we say. Uh, to the left of me on the screen, we have Mr. Tommy Mateig. To the bottom uh, left of me is Mr. Virgil Vasquez, the GOAT, former Pittsburgh Pirates. So you got a little little connection there, even though, even though uh, Virgil now is with the Twins. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, Virgil, you got to pitch with the Pirates <laughs> organization. So a little bit of a connection between you and Gavin.
3: Hey man, there you go. Nice to meet you guys.
0: Oh, it's nice to meet you too, Gavin. Welcome yeah, to the nice show. Yeah, nice to meet. Happy to have you on. So let's get into this interview. So I'll I'll begin with my 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 first question to you today in the in the show. Um, and this is about you know extended spring training. You know, when playing in extended spring training, obviously everyone knows you're there to go and rehab and such, and you're there to go work on whatever injury you dealt with whether it was in the off season or whether it was in the uh, during the season, you know, what's the mindset for the team in extended spring training when you go into like playing games or going into playing practices, is there still a will to like go out there and win and such, or is it more so in kind of going and getting reps and being able to work on that injury, being able to get it to full strength and, being able to get it to a hundred percent in order to be back on the field and playing real baseball with a minor league team or whatever, uh, team that you're put on to.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a good question. Um, now that I'm kind of out of the, out of the game, it's, I can give you maybe a bit of a more honest opinion. It, it becomes very individualized, right? I mean, especially, I mean, all of professional baseball, right. You're, you're worried about yourself more than anything else. Um, And then the really good players who are successful, in my opinion, are the ones who can combine that with the whole team atmosphere. However, when you're in extended spring training, um, especially maybe if you are hoping to make a full season roster, things get a little tough. Um, And even more so, you'll turn to yourself and really focus on yourself. Um, And rightfully so. I mean, if you're in extended spring training, your goal is to get get out of extended spring training. You don't want to be there, Um, especially if you're – you know, a second, third, fourth year guy, whatever the situation is. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a good question, but I, I would definitely just say that you're really focused on yourself. Um, wins and losses, any competitor wants to win a game. Um, so that's always going to be in you. And, and if you're playing baseball at any level in the professional ranks, you're going to be a competitor. So you're going to want to win. Um, and that's going to take over maybe in, in the heat of the moment. But I would definitely say that, you know, day to day, you're trying to do whatever it takes to get out of that place.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a true statement, man. They all see. Yeah. It, There's a know, song about spring training. <laughs> <laughs> extended, yeah. No, like, I don't know. I think they took it off the internet, but uh, extended it, it. You can kind of feel it like that a little bit just, and as a coach though, the other side of it is all we're trying to do is get guys out of there. like. get you ready get you prepared um you know and just get you to that next level um one thing one good thing about expo is that you have the opportunity to maybe go across the street and go to high a and you know or maybe like you know and fill in some role and then you can like end up sticking somewhere that maybe out of spring training you wouldn't have Hmm.
3: that's a good point that happened to us uh last year i was in Brampton all year and We had, especially early on when when Extended was going on, I want to say at least three times we had guys come up um, from Extended Spring Training. And these guys were first-year guys, so that means they were drafted in 18. And, you know, they didn't really know what to expect. They didn't make the full-season roster, but they were hungry. And that's one thing I would definitely – that's one way I would categorize anybody in Extended Spring Training. They're hungry. They want to get out of there. So – They came up to Bradenton and um, they performed every single one of them performed extremely well. And I tell you, when they left Bradenton, um, it was kind of like they knew how long they were there for, right? So they were there for a series or they were there for 10 days because somebody was hurt, but none of them went back to extended spring training. They all went to a different level, which in their eyes is a promotion in a sense, right? They went from extended to, to short season A of some sort. So, um, that's, you know, it's very it's a very good point, and it's very true.
0: Yeah, and, and what was your time like in the Florida State League? You obviously got to spend two years there in the Florida State League. What was it like getting to play in the FSL? And obviously you're from New York. What what was it like, you know, dealing with that Florida heat? Obviously the Florida heat is definitely something you guys have to deal with, especially on those day games. You guys have to play like ten thirty games or 12 o'clock games. What is it like as a pitcher just to deal with that heat and deal – you know, have to go out on the mound at like twelve o'clock in the afternoon for for a game.
3: It's real, man. The heat's real. Um, I so my first year, then I I was in Florida State League. I got called up in July, so I only saw July and August, and it was like I mean those, as you guys know, the the, <laughs> the heat's brutal. So um, it's real. It it affects you, right? You got to stay hydrated. Um, you got to keep your energy up, especially as a pitcher. You get so much – I mean, I was starting for the majority of my time in the Florida State League. Um, So when you're starting, you know, you have four days off and you have one day on where you have so much relying on that one game out of every five. So um, it's tough to keep your energy up sometimes. It's tough to, you know, stay hydrated and and being able to perform at the best of your capabilities. Um, But I would say overall my time in the Florida State League, I loved it. You're playing at these facilities that are just – top notch. I mean, they're they're big league facilities um, that they use for spring training. So that's the coolest part. I mean, obviously the heat plays a big factor in it. Um, But honestly, I would say my full season that I played in Florida State League, you get used to the heat, probably just like every other person in Florida does. If you're there for an extended period of time, you get used to it. Um, Your body gets acclimated to it. And, and, you know, the sweat, especially when you're in a uniform and you're on the field, you're going to sweat no matter what. So um, you know, it, it, it bothers you and it takes some time to get used to it for sure. But once you get used to it, you're fine.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: Now, I uh, I, I have a question for you. So I understand that your brother, Mike, was also uh, in braiding with you for a bit. What was it like playing alongside your brother?
3: <laughs> it was cool, man. Um, it was cool. It was looking back on it. Um, we were in two totally different situations, totally different. So when I got called up, uh, it was my first full season. So I was like riding a high, you know, I was, I pitched well in low A. I came up to high A. I was happy to be there. Um, he was in high A. I think it was either his third, I think it was his third full season. So like, you know, he's been around the block. He knows what to expect. Um, and so it was totally different situations. Granted, we've played together forever, right? I mean, we played in from um, Little League all the way through high school to college to, to the big league or to the professional ranks. We we've played together. So for us, it wasn't anything crazy. Um, we kind of knew what to expect. But there was certainly more, um, I guess, not media, but more attention to us than ever before. And it was cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, looking back on it. To have, especially for my parents, like to have two brothers on the same team, um, playing professional baseball, it was, it was, I'm sure it was really, really cool for them to experience. They came down to Florida a couple of times um, to kind of take it, take it all in. But um, you know, in a sense, it made me feel more comfortable right off the bat because a lot of the, I didn't know many of the guys on the team at that point. Um, certainly, I pro- I didn't play with maybe 75 percent of the guys my first year in the Florida state league. So I didn't really know him. And to me, they were all my brother's friends. So I didn't really know what to expect a whole lot. Um, So having him there through the ups and through the downs, obviously it helps a lot, but you know, it's something that we were used to. We played together for so long um, that it kind of just became second nature to us.
0: Yeah. And um, also, you know, again, with your brother, you know, it's nice to have him too, because you then can, Get to talk to him about What different hitters and their approach And how to approach them and such Because then you, you kind of have that inside scoop Even before you even play against some of these teams So that's definitely got to be also A big uh, factor in you know performing good and such Because you have that already inside scoop And scouting report I guess you would say From your brother so that definitely must have been really cool
3: Oh you're right And we were pretty similar pitchers And we got lucky because we were both starters For our time together And I started the day before he did. So (laughs) hitters knew what was coming the next day against him. So I got lucky. (laughs) I got lucky. I went first and he went second. Was
1: your brother uh, a little jealous that you got drafted a little higher than he did? Uh, It's a sore subject.
3: We haven't (laughs) talked
1: about that. How about that you you threw a little harder than him? Was he a little jealous of that too?
3: Yeah. (laughs) We talk about that. Oh,
2: man. Man, <laughs> just coming with
1: the heat right you now. You know, man. your your younger brother shows up. You got a little, you know got a little more money in the bank. You got a little little more fastball.
3: You know. Yeah. No, we we were talking about that. We were talking about that for sure. And you would always compliment me. He was like, "Man, I would if I had your talent, I would be in the big leagues." Come on, man. Man. <laughs> man.
0: Hey, brotherly love, right there, man. I mean, yeah, you know. Man, that's funny, but uh,
1: it says uh yeah. I looked at it. You said you have a you have fastball, changeup, slider. Were you like uh ever develop any pitches? Do they have much uh, um, technology there with the Pirates to help you with that? Um,
3: <laughs> not not really. When I was there, um, we weren't big on technology. the uh, The staff that was in in place, they they really didn't. I I don't know if they didn't believe in it or what, but. Um, you know, we certainly as players wanted it, yeah. um, especially like track, man. And there's so much technology that, you know, it's, I feel like you're pretty stubborn if you don't believe in it, or if you don't want to use it to your advantage, because it's only going to help you. And, and um, you know, for me, I was always a big technology guy in the off seasons. I, I always threw on TrackMan's. I was always about spin rate. Um, trying to see like the best spin efficiency of basically how am I even throwing the right pitches in general? you know, maybe I shouldn't be throwing a sinker. Maybe I should just be throwing a forcing, Um because of spin rate or whatever the situation is. So did you throw a sinker. I did early on, not last year, mm. not last year. Last year um, I got put on the phantom early in the year and I will, obviously you're not happy when you get put on the phantom, which is basically when, when the team pretends you're hurt so that somebody else can take your playing time, I guess is the simplest way to put it. But, Obviously, as a player, as a competitor, you're like, man, this is, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous. So then my first out and after the the Phantom, I came out and I was throwing a little bit harder. And I was just obviously so angry. And I was just, like, throwing the ball as hard as I possibly could. Previously, I think my, the hardest I threw was, like, 92 or 93 with the Pirates. And I hit 96 that game. And they were like, whoa, like, (laughs) what happened? And I was like, I don't know, man. I took some steroids last night. <laughs> um, oh man! Just, like I was, I was fueled up, right? You just when you're so angry and so like uh, energized, you find that next level. And so basically, then we ditched the sinker. We said, you know what? Maybe the sinker is not working. Let's just go four seams and, and let's just let that thing mm. like, ride. And, and that's how I played it out the rest of the year. Mm.
2: So you kind of, you kind of touched point on it. You said your brother said about you mentioned your talent and you also said that you came out after your quote-unquote uh on the fan you came out throwing super hard and last year you had a killer month in june you had seven appearances 19 innings pitched your the opponents were hitting 233 against you and like this is the best stat of it all your era was under one was that kind of like as a result of the rough start that you had in in 2019 that you're just like, you know what? I'm going to come out in June and I'm just going to tear it up.
3: Yeah, no, it was a lot. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, there was a lot of emotion that went into it for sure. Um, looking back on it, you know, I was, I was angry about how the season started. I was angry about how I was being treated. I was angry about a lot of things um, baseball wise. And so I was just like, you know what? There's two ways to handle this, right? You can just let it get the best of you and kind of let them win, or you can come out and just handle control, you can control um and just try to get better every day. And so, you know, looking back on it, June was was awesome for me and, and it proved to me more than anything that I belonged there and I was okay. Um and it, it proved to me what I had in me. You know, I've never in, in college I threw in college, my junior year, the year I got drafted, I was still in like 90 to 93 and I hit 94. I think I might've hit 95 once or twice, but um, to consistently in June, July and August to just sit 92, 93, hitting 94, 95, 96, um, it was a different pitcher. And so that that's the weirdest thing looking back on my career. My last like three months of baseball, I've never been that kind of a pitcher ever. Um, I've never been like a max effort, 100% every single time kind of guy, blow it by you kind of guy. I was always kind of like a mix it up, hit my spot, be crafty sort of guy. Um, so it's, it's interesting. But, but in terms of June, yeah, I mean, it was a, I think it was a culmination of a lot of things. And a lot of it was based off of my emotion.
0: Yeah, and you didn't allow a a lot of home runs, too. That's something I looked at as well. Um, You didn't allow a ton of home runs, which I thought was pretty impressive as well. You know, sometimes, you know, in the minor leagues, when you're at these lower levels, you know, you guys are still kind of working on things, still trying to figure out some things. So sometimes that could lead to those big shots, those big home runs that you allow and stuff. But you barely allowed anything. I think you had like a maybe two in one of your years and stuff it might have been with like West Virginia or something so definitely you were a type of guy who really didn't allow a lot to get out of the ballpark uh, let alone get past like doubles or whatever you're definitely one of the more unhittable pitchers I guess you would say in a sense where you don't allow as many hits and stuff but um uh let's get into my our next question is you know what was the most memorable moment as a pro that you can recall whether it be, you know, meeting one of your favorite players in the minor leagues or even at spring training, or was it, you know, maybe getting a big strike at a big situation, say like a playoff game or say like, you know, playing in maybe a big, big big-time game that meant a a lot to you at least?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, My professional career was, in the grand scheme of things, short-lived, but there was a ton of countless memories that I will never really forget. Um, I would say the, the coolest one for me was my first full season. We played in Lakewood. Um, I was, it was funny. I I listened to your last, uh, podcast with Will Stewart and I saw him pitch in Lakewood and that guy, I mean, he's talented, dude. He, I, I actually saw him pitch last year too, and it was two different guys. And so it was interesting hearing his, what he had to say about, you know, mentality um, last year versus the years prior is after getting traded. Um, but he's got all the talent in the world, but anyways, back to your question, I would say the, the best moment that I had was, was going to Lakewood, which is I'm from New Jersey, New York area originally. So all my family's still there. Um, I had probably, I don't know, maybe 30, 35 family and friends in the crowd. Um, and for a lot of them, this was the first time they've seen me pitch in like a Pirates minor league uniform so it was pretty cool and I had a good game I think I went like seven innings I think I oh I gave up an absolute nuke to uh I think it was Jalen Ortiz it was a pretty good player himself but I gave up a bomb but that was it and it was it was a really cool moment I I was able to you know take a picture afterwards I think it's on my Instagram somewhere but I had to pick out one moment that I looked back on and was like, man, that was cool. It would probably be that Lakewood game.
2: Definitely nothing better than a family moment. I mean that was totally out of left field and like I was thinking of something like, yeah, I pitched against, you know, Andre Ether or like <laughs> in some random like rehab game. I wound up pitching against Albert Pools. And like I thought that would have been like something that you would say but you've that like that's awesome like I don't that's something that no one can ever take away from you ever I mean to have all of your like your top people your corner watching you do what you love professionally I mean that 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 can't be a better feeling
3: no it was it was awesome and don't get me wrong like I've had some you know I gave up a hit to uh, Miguel Sano, which is pretty cool um I struck out Todd Frazier I have all these memories of of different guys and watching different guys play um but for me it, you know for me it's always just going to be that lakewood game
0: that's awesome that's really cool definitely stay grounded you know stay grounded with the family got always family <laughs> comes first so but uh no that's awesome that's really really cool and th- i bet you there were probably guys there you weren't expecting just like you know show up and stuff there were probably people there that you were probably expecting you weren't expecting to be even there at the at the game that you were like wow you guys uh, showed up this is awesome
3: yeah, no, there were. There were I, there were people I met for the first time there. <laughs> I, mean, I think a couple of my dad's like high school buddies showed up, and we were taking the picture afterwards, of course, and it was everybody. And I know like 95% of the people there, but there was like a handful that I've never met. And yeah. of course, in the picture, I'm standing right to, next to these people. I've never met, and I have no <laughs> idea their name. <laughs> like, I, I asked my dad later, I was like, so who is this guy with the beard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my... That's my high school buddy's best friend. <laughs> like, help me
0: help me. Yeah, it's it was like, fun. Yeah, it's like you you walk up and he's like, "Yeah, you remember me? I used to live down the street from you a few uh, years yeah. ago." <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. That's really really cool. That uh that that, that was able to happen. That's when your cool moments. That's awesome. Um, it, let's get into my next question. You know, as a pitcher, you obviously get to deal with different hitters. You get to deal with guys who hit for contact. You get to hit deal with guys who hit for power, hit for the fences. Is there a different approach when it comes to dealing with the guys that hit for contact compared to hitting with pitching the guys hitting for uh, power? And what is that approach? And what pitches do you pitch to those type of guys, to a guy maybe hitting for a contact, to a guy hitting the power?
3: Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's a good question. It's a loaded question. Um, I'll try to answer it as best I can. I would just say there's a million different types of hitters in this world. There's, you know, broadly there's power and contact guys, but then you have like the lefty slap hitters who are just trying to poke at the left field. You have the lefty hitters are just trying to like bunt it to the right side. There's a million different types. Um, But to get categorize them broadly as power and contact, you have to to pitch them entirely different. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer that a pitcher's best pitch will beat a, a hitter every single time, in my opinion. Um, and I know that's a pretty debatable statement, but, you know, if, if my go-to pitch that day is a slider, I'm pretty confident I can beat anybody with that slider that day. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not my slider every day, right? One day it might be a changeup. One day it might be a fastball. One day I might not have anything. and It's going to be a pretty bad day. But... Whatever that pitch is, I feel like, mentality-wise, you've got to be able to have the confidence that that pitch is going to take anybody down. No matter the situation, you have to be able to fall back on them. Um, I, in terms of approach, I think for a contact hitter, you got to let them put the ball in play, in my opinion. You know, you, they just want to put the ball in play. Let them put the ball in play. Let them do it on their first or second pitch keep that pitch count down if you're a starter at least, right? Um, Power's a little different, right? They're trying to find that pitch, the mistake pitch. You don't want to give them that mistake pitch. You don't want to let them do that. Um, Overall, I would say as long as you're ahead in the count, you're going to be fine. Um, If you're on the driver's seat, you're going to be fine. The best pitch and the most important pitch is the next pitch. Who cares what happened behind you? Um, But – I'm going off on a tangent a little bit. I would just say for a contact guy, in my opinion, looking back on it, let them put the ball in play. Most of these guys are the little fast guys just trying to put the ball in play. Let them do it. Trust your defense. The power guys is where you want to get those strikeouts. Power power guys is where you don't want to make that mistake. You want to bear down every single pitch um, and not let them beat you
2: so kind of to follow up on that you said your best pitch is always going to be in your opinion the best hitter so there are always situations and you've i've heard pitchers like john smoltz analyzing a game say you know he just threw his curveball that was the best curveball he's thrown all day and the guy still got a piece of it have you ever been in a situation where you threw your best pitch in like a one-two count and they just got a piece of it and you're like Like, how do I do it now? Like, and you come back with something even better. Like, and if so, what's that feeling like? Where you thought you had, you just threw him your best stuff, but he made you push yourself that extra step.
3: It's brutal. That feeling is the worst feeling. When you're on the mound and you're like, (laughs) I don't know, I don't know how to get this guy out right now. And you're like, (laughs) at that point, right? Statistically speaking, the pitcher's, typically in control right the 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 numbers are to their advantage but there are times where you're like I could I could throw whatever I could throw a knuckleball right now and this guy's gonna hit it out of the park or he's gonna foul it off and just get to the next pitch it's a pretty it's a bad feeling um and and it goes to your confidence for sure I would just say that I think it's it's so important to as a pitcher because that's all I think I always I always just think as a pitcher um you have to you have to trust yourself um, that what you have is good enough and it is better than what they have, whether it's true or not, right? Whether I mean how it plays out will tell you if you're right or wrong. But I think mentality-wise, and I've kind of that's the biggest takeaway for me uh, during my time with the Pirates was it was all mental. All pitching is all mental. If obviously you have to have the skill set and the talent to get there. But if you can stay strong mentally and always think that you're not only good enough but better than your opponent, you're gonna you're gonna be successful more times than not.
0: Yep. Uh, Tommy, or Virgil, you guys have any final questions for uh, Gavin before we let him go? Virgil, we can't hear you. He
2: took he, he unmuted his mic. I heard. I saw it.
0: Oh dear, yeah. we can hear yeah. you. We got you. Yeah. We got you back. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah.
1: All right. I want to know. Okay. So from listening to you, right, you come back, you're throwing your hardest you are ever thrown. You've learned some things about yourself. You know, you're, you're gaining mental strength and then you don't want to you, you retire. You know, and it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just a, what what made you shift your focus in life? What what took you away from the
3: game? Um, a lot. There was a lot that went into the decision. Um, it was not an easy decision. It was not a, a rash decision. It wasn't made the spur of the moment. <laughs> I, so I've always, I went to a school in the Northeast. I've always loved finance. Um, invest in, you know, that side of, of money. Um, And I've always been really interested in it. And so I got drafted after my junior year and in the off seasons, I always went back and I took classes. I lived at school and and stayed in shape in the meantime. So I was able to, I graduated in December. Um, For me, it wasn't a matter of I'm done with baseball. I hate baseball. It's not going to work out. It was more of a, you know, at this point in my life, what is the most certain thing for me to do? Um, And for me, it was to step away and I was totally fine with it. And and I had no hard feelings. Um, Do I miss baseball? Yeah. You know, I'm always, I always love baseball. I always will love baseball. Um, But for me, you know, I was, I'm getting married or I'm supposed to get married in September. I don't know if COVID is going to stop that or not, but I was at the point in my life where I needed certainty. I needed something that I could rely on. And for me, it wasn't baseball anymore um you know there's a lot of factors that went into that decision but getting my degree and always wanting to pursue finance and market and and, uh investing it's always been at the top of my list and i've loved baseball but it it was just the right time for me to step away
1: good job
0: yeah definitely your heart man having that uh Having that a uh, second, always having that secondary thing because baseball, you know, it's not not for long, you know, you know, especially in the minor leagues, it's definitely a grind. And uh, hopefully, with you and financing and investing, hopefully that works out for you, and hopefully uh, that goes well for you, man. Is is your brother into that type of stuff, or is he doing what is he doing? I know he he isn't currently in the league right now. Is he doing anything uh, different uh, at all, or is he kind of doing the same thing? Does he enjoy it?
3: He's in um he's in tech. So he's in like the glamorous tech life. He's selling software. He's crushing it. Um, If you had a conversation with him, he could sell you on anything in the world. Um, He's a talker. So he's in Manhattan selling tech software. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina doing finance. And uh, I mean, we talk, it was his birthday the other day, but um, yeah, that's where we're at.
0: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, if if you ever if you ever if you if you ever talk to him anytime soon, <laughs> you can ask him. Hey, can you help out this podcast? You know, maybe give him some techware. You know, <laughs> help him out. You know, <laughs> we could have like a partnership together. We could, I could like see, we could be like sponsors and stuff. You know, it would be great.
2: <laughs> yeah, we have frequent Wi-Fi
0: issues.
2: Yeah, so yeah. For us, yeah, would be, be So grateful
3: hey i i'm not even gonna pretend to know what i'm talking about in tech i'll just say he's on my instagram somewhere
0: right, well, <laughs> well if we ever get him on if we ever get your brother on our show we'll, we'll ask him how to troubleshoot virgil's wi-fi and we'll we'll get him some uh better software he could sell yeah. us some software products he could be like one of those like um uh, what is it infomercial host where he's like and right now, if you buy this beautiful Wi-Fi router, you can get a free spatula for free, or something, you know, oh, an extra God. thing. But um, by the way, congratulations on your uh, engagement, and uh, hopefully, you do get married in September. If you want to invite us, we're free, you know, in September. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wait, man, it but... might be it might be
3: Virgil, so we'll see what happens. I all right,
0: know. all right, well, all right, well, invite Virgil. Virgil's a cool guy. He's he's we call he's a GOAT on. <laughs> He's a go, according to all the Twins minor league streamers who are streaming on Twitch. So, But um, Gavin, oh, th- nice. <laughs> Gavin, thanks for jumping on. You guys have anything left to say to Gavin? Uh, I just really appreciate you
2: hopping on, Gavin. It was a real treat talking to you. And You have a real good head on your shoulders. Uh, obviously, you really are well thought out, and like, best of luck in all your, your endeavors. Congratulations on the engagement good luck
1: with that and uh yeah man just thanks for hopping on you're awesome yeah thanks for coming on uh and keep telling your brother that you're throw harder and you're drafted better <laughs> <than
3: him>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for the rest of your life <laughs> you, know, you, know you know that's gonna happen thanks <laughs> yeah well, Gavin, this was fun yeah man it, <laughs> it
0: was a, it was a pleasure having you on man you're back anytime welcome in on anytime, and uh We'll get your well maybe we'll get your brother on and you at the same time. Wouldn't that be that would be so so much fun? We'll have it'll be a brother, family affair, family affair, and we'll have like a big You're gonna need some disclosure
3: agreements before that. <laughs> <I'm>
0: just... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, thanks for jumping on. Have a happy memorial day this weekend and uh stay safe, my brother. All
3: right, fellas. Thank you. Enjoy the weekend.
0: Thank you. Nice man. See you, Gavin. bye you, guys. Later. Alrighty, guys, that was it. Gavin Wallace, thanks for jumping on, man. That was awesome. That was cool. He was a super cool guy, and uh, hopefully, he does well with his finance. We'll have to get his brother on one day, and we'll we'll have him troubleshoot Virgil's wi- Wi-Fi, and we'll get him uh, uh, we'll get him some better Wi-Fi. I got my
1: router. I got my router in a happy meal last week, so that's probably why.
2: <laughs> oh. oh. I think Dylan, I mean, I think Dylan's calling the kettle black here. I mean, this is a guy that literally lagged out of the stream the last two weeks. So Listen.
0: literally. Yeah, <laughs> stay lane there, Dylan, stay that's, that's true. I'm sorry. You can, anyways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this weekend is Memorial Day to everyone who has uh, served for the country and who has gave their life up to help protect this country. Thank you so much. And that includes police officers, EMTs, all of them as well, because they're also protecting us, you know, as well and keeping us safe. So thank you guys so much for do whatever you, you guys do, and uh, stay safe, guys. And uh, yeah, yeah, happy Memorial Day, guys. It was a great—it was a—happy to have on you guys the show again, and uh, we'll be back for week seven. And by the way, before I go, i got to show off. Thanks to the uh, Charlotte Knights, who follow us here on uh, Twitch, gave me— uh-huh. I won this on a giveaway, so I got a Charlotte Knights Star Wars jersey. So that's awesome, man. Knights, man! What's uh, the
1: back look know. like?
0: Uh, it just has like some sponsorship stuff and it's, uh, okay, like, okay. on it, but uh, it's pretty cool. I was really excited to win it and such, and I got like a few other things, like a little squishy ball and like a uh, some like the little back thing that you put on your phone for your credit card. So. But uh yeah, thanks to the Charlotte Knights. So if you guys are if the Knights are listening right now to our show, thanks for uh giving me this uh awesome prize. This was really cool. But uh you guys have any yeah, thanks old- for the
2: sponsorship. We needed it. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you paid, my, you paid my electric bill this week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, Charlie. You paid our electric bill. Actually, we would like to thank my sponsors, uh Officials Depot, which is the official sports referee and umpiring gear of the Florida State Graded Network, and Seatbum as well. They are a uh, delivering service in stadium, delivering service, and they're still growing. So go give them some support. Go follow them on Instagram, and go also go follow Pick Draft, which is the official FSL sports gambling sponsor of the Florida Daily Radio Network. So go check them out as well. But guys, that's pretty much it. You guys have any closing remarks before we uh, wrap this up here?
2: Happy Memorial Day!
0: Thanks for watching. Yeah,
1: man. yeah, thanks for here. Happy, have a great Memorial Day.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, happy Memorial Day to you guys, to everyone. I, I was trying to see if I had my USA flag. I'll wave it, you know, uh, say goodbye, but uh, I don't have it. Like uh what is it? Um the guy on part in the interruption. I was going to do it like but uh don't have don't have the flag with me or around me.
2: You myself. have to end the show like every old newscast used to end at midnight. <laughs> it would just come up with the American flag, Pledge of Allegiance would play. That's it.
0: Static. Rest of the uh... night. 6 AM. <laughs> Anyways guys that's what we'll end it off on right. thanks guys for listening. <laughs> again, Virgil and Tommy, we'll see you guys next week. It was happy to have you guys on as always again and see you guys later. And and Ross three five two. Yo, you guys rock. Thanks so much for that. So guys, thanks, see God. you later. Thanks, you. sir.